There's a receiver wide open. It's Tate. Touchdown, FSU. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today I'm joined by another special guest, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, he hosts Locked On Browns podcast. He's a huge Florida State guy, so we're going to talk Auden Tate with him today. Jeff, how you doing? Uh, couldn't be better. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, this time of year, I mean, everything picks up for guys like you know you and me, Elliot. It, you know, just so busy uh, talking ball. Uh, you know, and you know, to the wives and girlfriends, we love you all. And come May, I mean, anything you want, anything you need, we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. My girlfriend keeps saying, like, now football's over, so when, when can we do stuff on the weekend? And I was like, yeah. talk to me at the end of April, after the draft. And she doesn't like that answer, but you know what? That's the life we live. So let's let's jump right into Auden Tate. I know you're a Florida State fan, right? So you've watched as much Florida State as anybody. What stands out to you about Auden Tate, and what's you, what makes you excited about him with, as a prospect? Well, the first thing's first. When you're talking about a guy you know, who has you know exceptional size, which obviously Auden Tate is bringing to the table, is, you know, are you catching the ball with your body or are you catching the ball with your hands? Because, obviously, with his extreme size and length, his catch radius, if he's doing it correctly, should be, you know, ridiculously good as well, which is a huge strength for Tate. Everything is a hands catch. You know, every now and then, the DB will get a hand in there and, and, you know, and break it up. But every attempt at catching the ball is with his hands, which is what you want because as big as he is, you're going to try and throw it you know, obviously above the rim, you know, everybody loves that term. And he will go grab it with his hands, you know, easiest way to secure the ball. You know, if you get it in your body, there's a better chance it can get knocked away. So that is the most impressive thing is I think, you know, he knows who he is and he knows how to use what he has to get himself to succeed. You know, granted, you know, it, the numbers are not what people are going to get excited about. And I can get that. But if you go down and you look into each individual catch, and look, I'm a Florida State diehard. I watch every game. I watch every snap. And it's been this way for over 30 years. He knows who he is as a big physical receiver. He knows how to use his body. He times his jumps correctly. Everything about that just screams it's going to, for me, he's going to be an issue in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's it's important to say that his catch radius is not just good because he's six foot five. Exactly. And I, I think that's huge, right? Because we talk about catch radius all the time, and then we just say, "Well, this guy's six foot four, so he's got a big catch radius." And like Auden Tate's gonna have a good vertical, but he also has got really good body control. He can make those contested catches. He only dropped two catches on the year. I think his drop rate was under five percent, which is good. And like you said, he catches the ball away from his body, and he catches the ball through contact really well. Uh, he also tracks the ball pretty well over his shoulder, which is something you look for out of a vertical threat like that. I thought. One of the things I liked was I thought he did much better against zone coverage than man coverage. And we'll get into the man stuff a little bit when we talk about some of his weaknesses. But I thought he settled in between zones pretty well. And, you know, if you're going to run cover two against him, he's going to murder safeties all day long with those jump balls. And when you give him any ounce of daylight, he's going to find the sliver in the zone. And that's exactly what I'm looking for with a big guy like that. He doesn't necessarily need a ton of separation. And if he can high high point the ball like that, 
and make those contested catches, then he's going to make a living in the NFL. He did have 10 touchdowns this year, right? I think there was only four games he didn't have a touchdown. He murdered Southern Miss with... When he was finally fully healthy again. Yeah, because his two games where he was healthy, right, were... Or I guess he was healthy in the Alabama game, didn't do a ton. And their quarterback got hurt, and the game's really hard to look at that way. And then the NC State game, he looked awesome, and then hurt his shoulder in that deep pass, right? And they got against Southern Miss, he caught three touchdowns and dominated the game. Do you think he's a red zone guy in the NFL? Do you think he develops into a number one? What what do you kind of see his role as as an NFL receiver? I don't know if you're ever going to say that he's a number one receiver because, I mean, look, I mean, the one thing you want to say is, you know, can we see the volume reception-wise? Which we haven't seen from him. Obviously, you know, he has, you know, the game in 16 against Boston College, you know, had a six-reception game for over 100 yards. You know, had the nine for the, uh, you know, 180 against NC State, which was essentially within about, you know, 20 minutes or so of actual action. Um, you know, the Southern Miss game was actually another one where he dominated. But normally guys his size, you know, unless you have the elite speed and athleticism of, say, a Julio Jones, it's hard for guys that size to be your 100 reception type of guy. And nowadays, you know, it, it kind of seems like the wide receiver one shift to the guys that are going to get you the high volume of receptions, your Antonio Browns, your Odell Beckhams, those type of guys. I think he's the perfect complement as a two because it's going to be really difficult to put him in solo coverage. Because what you see, and you see this from a bunch of different quarterbacks that he did play with while he was at Florida State, is there's a, you know, okay, throw it up, all right, put it a little high and outside. And he can go get that. Uh, put it low and outside. And he's got the body control, like you mentioned, to go and do that as well. He adjusts to the football very well. He adjusts to the football like a much smaller wide receiver. So I think he portrays as a number two. But when you have him and you're going to say, well, you know what, I want to open things, you know, say if it was an Amari Cooper. I want to open things up for Amari a little bit, you know, on some digs, you know, eight to ten yards. Well, if you're going to send Tate, you know, through the middle of the hashes, you cannot have, as a defensive coordinator, one guy responsible for him. He's going to eat you alive. So, you know, you're going to hit a couple of those, and then, look, it's, it's open for the backs. It's open for the tight ends. It's open for the, you know, the, the quick crossers to your second, your third. I mean, uh, whether it's, you know, your first of Amari Cooper or your slot wide receivers. These guys are going to feast off of this because he does win deep. And a lot of times when you're going to face offenses of that caliber – you got to put yourself in a bend but don't break scenario, and and he's the guy. It's just gonna he's gonna be more of a chunk play. You're not gonna see a seven for seventy seven. You got a more chance of seeing a three for seventy seven from a guy like Auden Tate. I think that role also really brings up the fact that he is like a a high ceiling prospect, right? Like I think no matter what, he's gonna have a role at least in the red zone in the NFL. Yeah, well, um, he's great at. Um, I, I go back to this, and it's weird that I use another Florida State guy. But the Ravens on the Super Bowl run where they, you know, beat San Francisco, they kept running this route to the playoffs where, you know, Flacco, they would get in the red zone. Flacco would fire the ball to the crossbar, and Anquad Bolden would beat everybody on the field to catch it. Auden Tate now, who's a bigger guy, who probably has a better vertical, he's feasted on these type of routes. You just can't defend it. Nobody's got, you know, six foot four defensive backs with arms that are probably going to be close to 33 and a half, 34 inch, you know, long, 10 inch hands, those guys don't play defensive back. It's just, I mean, you can just tell anybody, aim for the crossbar and he's going to take it down. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, like, his ceiling is very high because if he ever does develop as a complete wide receiver, then 
you know, you, you almost start talking about Calvin Johnson. Now, that's not my comparison for him, and I'm not saying that he's going to be Calvin Johnson. I'm just saying that size-speed comparison at six foot five. if he did develop and hit his ceiling, you're kind of talking about a player that's going to be a dominant number one receiver. But the role you're talking about means that he's not forced into doing that. He's not going to be see, seeing double teams, and he's going to open up everything else for the offense. So I do like that. But let's let's talk about some of his weaknesses. I'm going to say something I'm, I noticed, and you tell me if, you noticed this and what else you saw. So I mentioned earlier in man coverage, I thought something he did far too often was just almost rely on his contested catchability, where if he didn't get open on the line of scrimmage, he almost put two hands on the receiver and just started running down the field with the corner, gaining no separation, just looking for the opportunity of a jump ball as opposed to trying to really run routes and have a develop route tree. Is that a fair criticism? And uh, if not, what did you see? And do you have any other weakness concerns in this game? I do agree with you because the problem is, um, look, he's a long strider. He is. So, um, you know, when we typically talk about our fantastic and our excellent route runners, Julio Jones of the world, you know, exceptions, you talk about your smaller guys. The feet are 10 times quicker. You know, the strides are shorter. They're able to pick them up and put them down a lot quicker. And that is, you know, that is somewhat of an issue with him. I think what will aid him in that respect, though, is if he can hit one big deep one, it's going to have to be respected that he can go deep, and he's going to be able to shuttle down, you know, his body quicker, you know, because he's going to have a bigger cushion. Um, you do see that he's more of a, you know, on crossing routes, the slants, you know, and the digs. It's more of a he kind of kind of paces himself to get to the spot where they can, you know, the quarterback can see him. He is good at using his body for that. But the route running, look, it's never going to, you're never going to say to, you know, any young receiver, hey, let's put on some Auden Tate tape and let's learn how to run some routes. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to work that way when you're talking about a guy of his size. I mean, he's a long strider. You know, Antonio Brown's going to run the same route. He's going to run it. But Antonio Brown is going to take eight more, eight, you know, eight to nine more strides. I'm sorry, eight, not eight to nine. But two, if it's an eight to nine yard route, he's going to take two to three more strides. And he's able to, with all, you know, with the body weight and the action within, you know, running the pattern, you're going to be able to create separation off that because the D-back's got to react to it. Auden Tate, it's a lot more, you know, the it's longer, it's elongated, it's, it's you know, it's just not nearly as pretty as it's going to be as a guy of five foot ten, six feet, you know, Odell Beckhamish. Those guys make the routes just look pretty. And it's a lot harder to do when you're six foot five. No, I, I agree with that. I'm not trying to say that I need him to be an Antonio Brown route runner. No, no, no. no, no. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I 100% understand what you're saying. It's so much harder for a big guy to move like a little guy. And there's, you know, they can cheat. And there's a lot more they can get away with because of their size. Whereas a guy like Brown and Beckham, they got to win with it. Because if they get to the point where they get to their stem and a guy can body them, it's over. Where it's eight, you're not going to body him because you're going to lose. Yeah, this gets into the talk about how separation is not just how far away you are from the defensive back, but also your positioning on him. So I think that if he improves in that area, his contested catch ability and his basically ability to play power forward and just box defensive guys out is going to be even better. So I'm not necessarily looking for him to run routes like Antonio Brown because, like you said, that's never going to happen. I'm looking for him to gain positioning a little bit more. And I saw it in the NC State game. I think he got like a few yards behind the guy. But he also ran his route so the defensive back was on the numbers. And he basically gave eight yards to the sideline for the quarterback to throw, which is a huge throwing window. It's something I talked about with Mike Williams last year where he's not going to get 
three, four yards of separation. But his body positioning created throwing windows that were easy throwing windows, despite the fact that the corner might look like he's in his hip pocket. He's basically boxed out, and if you can make contested catches, you're basically open in that situation. So that's the next step I want to see for Auden Tate, and I think he can get there. And if he does, then he's going to be a very good receiver in the NFL. I think one of the things when, you know, when you're talking about a bigger guy, and Mike Williams is a perfect example, is it's not so much the yards of separation as much as it is, you know, north and south. You know, that's where catch radius comes in because it's, you know, that's east and west. Guys like Williams and, and you know, obviously Alden Tate, they have that because, I mean, with the long arms, I mean, it doesn't matter. Even if the guy is right up on you, if he's right up on you, he does not have the arm length you have. And, and Williams was a great example of it. I think Tate is a little better with his hands. You know, Mike Williams grew on me as the year went on. I was a little tough, and they actually had somebody come back and say, hey, Jeff, cut the kid a little slack. He's coming back from a broken neck. Let him find his way. And as, you know, Williams' is last year at Clemson went on, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm a little bit more on board. Obviously, it's been tough for him, you know, his first year with uh, the Chargers with the injuries. The separation, like everybody wants to just view the separation that way, but they don't keep in, in mind the ground-up separation, you know, the left-to-right separation that these guys have when they are this type of big, physical, and long, and add in the hand size as well. It, it makes it so much easier for a, a target to throw to, and a lot of times you can say, yeah, I can see there's a body behind there, but, you know, unless the guy is equal, which is never going to be the case as far as the safety, you know, unless it's Cam Chancellor, because there's not many safeties that size, you know you've got the advantage because, you know, your guy has all those, you know, traits of, you know, the length and all of that to win. Exactly. It basically becomes like a rebound situation almost, right? Like where... These guys are basically Andre Drummond, and yeah, there might be someone else in the box right there next to him, but Drummond's going to get that rebound most of the time. And I know I just brought it to basketball, but just trying to say that no, just, be I know it. just because someone's there doesn't mean that they're not open and can't make that catch. So with that, all that being said, because I think we kind of talked about you know his upside, his limitations, and kind of what his weaknesses are that he can improve on, do you have a comparison for him? I, I do have a comparison, and I do not want to make it strictly athletically. This comparison is certainly not athletically. But if you look at what Pittsburgh is was hoping Martavius Bryant was going to be for all these years, you know, a guy that they could say, you want to know what? We need a big vertical chunk play. We can go to Martavius here. And granted, Martavius obviously, you know, runs a lot faster than Auden Tate does. But that type of thing and what they wanted. And look, we may not call your number as much as we're going to call other guys. But we're confident when we do call your number, you can do what you can. And obviously, you see it even with Bryant this year. And as frustrated as he was, he was the presence that defensive coordinators and defensive secondaries had to deal with. Because a big man who can get deep, you know, is going to draw attention. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster feasted off of this. You know, a back like Le'Veon Bell feasted off of the fact that you had to put some, you know, concern deep. You know, obviously, you know, Antonio Brown, I mean, that's, you know, goes without saying. But when you have a guy that, you know, even if he's, you know, whether you're putting him in a, you know, a short, or shorter deep slot and you send him down the middle, a guy of that size, you know, and Bryant's touchdown against Jacksonville right before the half there prime example if you can do something like that which tate is capable of that was what won the wake forest game for him you know with one arm you know they hit him on the all-day crosser route you know 40 yards or so for the touchdown you can do that it just opens up your offense so much when you have guys who you know who are you know rack guys you know, run after the catch that type of thing he, he might not get his number nearly called as much but you put him in a meritavious bryant type of role where you have guys who are better you know who are really good route runners 
really good after the catch. You're going to get yourself to – you should have an offense with a decent quarterback where you're putting 28, 30 points up a week. Yeah, I like that role. And it also tells you that just because his numbers might not be huge one week doesn't mean he didn't have a major impact on the game. And that's that's where stats can lie to us sometimes. Well, and one thing I do want to say, though, is the first five games he uh, you know, had a touchdown a game. And he was at about between 330 and 350 yards for the first five games. You equate that out over 16 game season, you know, you're talking a 60 around a thousand guy. You should see double digit touchdowns. I think those are realistic numbers for him. Now, keep in mind, this was based on the fact that the entire program, once Francois went down in the Alabama game, everybody kind of checked out a little bit because, you know, I mean, this was a team with national championship aspirations. And now all of a sudden we're throwing in a 168-pound freshman quarterback. Guys, look, let's just do the best we can. And, you know, it went from national championship to let's just do the best we can and get to a decent bowl game. Yeah. No, the NC Jim State Bowl. game I think was the breaking point in that where they, they I thought they got up okay for the game. And then when they lost the game, it's like, well, everything's now out the window of all of our goals. They, they kind of yep. quit. My my comparison for him is I think he's uh, maybe a little bit more athletic, Devin Funches. So okay. one of those big guys that posts people out. Like Funches played tight end some in college. But, you know, just an idea of that he's not always going to be wide open, but there's going to be a lot of plays that he can make. I think he's probably a little bit better in contested catches situations than Devin Funches. But that's the kind of role I envision and where, you know, it might take him a year or two before he really starts to come on and people appreciate that talent. Do you have a landing spot you'd like to see him go? Well, personally, for my Locked On Brown listeners, um, if they could keep their everyday receiving core, you know, and you have an issue, obviously, with Corey Coleman with his health, Josh Gordon, obviously, everybody knows, but where you could have a consistent, where you could put Tate on an outside, you could rotate your inside guys, whether it be Duke Johnson, whether it be David Njoku, you know, Josh Gordon played a power slot at Baylor. Corey Coleman has familiarity with, a, with with the slot position at Baylor as well. You can consistently run deep routes with Tate, and then you're just basically creating mad chaos with the other four guys you have on the field. In you know whether it's you know second long, third long, and those type of passing situations. Um, another one. I mean, you know, the Giants wouldn't be terrible either. You put him in that because you know Odell can do everything. Uh, Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard, these guys have all showed that they can kind of run all sorts of routes. So if you have a guy who, you know, and I don't want to label Auden Tate as a one-trick pony, but maybe it's more he excels at that type of thing, it's just going to open things up so much for everybody else. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then my, I mean, if Bruce Arians was still in Arizona, I would like that fit because Larry Fitzgerald could work underneath. They have uh, other vertical guys that like taking a lot of deep shots. It's a little tough with Arizona because you know it's you know even with Larry, it's it's it, it is what was and is what was going to be. You know that's the toughest part there. Yeah, no, agreed. And with Bruce Arians leaving, I just if this was a year ago, I might say that. So I I like the the Browns because I think he mixes and matches with that. And Todd Haley really likes taking those deep shots, and he could have that Martavis Bryant role and become That's a red zone. Where threat, I went so, with it, yeah, yeah. So I, I like that one there. Uh, Jeff, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. Your your knowledge is awesome with receivers. Why don't you tell the people where you, they can find you, guys? Obviously, you know uh, you know follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the podcast at Locked On Browns. We're going to get Elliot on here, guys. Uh, he'll be on. We're, I, I got so many plans here. It's just we want to get through the combine, and then everybody's kind of got their firm grasp on everybody, and all the guys are with, and you know, all the guys are maybe kind of a little bit down on. And uh, a buddy of mine here that I've kind of met through the Browns, 
Stephen Thomas. We kind of started this uh, little site. Uh, he's kind of put it together through just an account. He started. He's done a Browns daily mock draft through FanSpeak for over two years now almost. Um, it kind of picked up. We had people that wanted to do it. So now every team is represented. It comes out every day. So dailymockdraft.com. So I have a little fun with it. You know, some people, you know, kind of rag on it. But for the casual fan who only knows the top maybe 20 players, it's a way for them to just learn names, which we keep putting out every day. And these guys, they've responded, uh, you know, the, the you know, the, you know, initial you know return on everybody what everybody's seeing is they really like it you know unless you you know went to wisconsin you don't know anybody else who's really going to be in this draft maybe outside of the top 10 so a lot of people are learning a lot of stuff we're getting a lot of good responses we're having a lot of fun with it that's awesome i'm going to be sure to check that out guys he's jeff lloyd i'm elliot chris you're listening to the draft daily podcast as always you can find us on itunes stitcher and google play we really appreciate listening thank you